And we're back with the Employment Hour. Lior's in studio, ready to go. Talk about severance and uh, anything under that particular umbrella. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And there's always 1-855-821-5900 outside of uh, show hours. The week that was is where we start, my friend. Uh, how was it? Always, always, Johnny, starting with the week that was. Yeah, and welcome, uh, welcome all our listeners. Happy to be back in studio answering your questions about uh, workplace rights, employment law, anything at all. Uh, please bring it on. Uh, talking about the week that was, I'd like to start by couple of, uh, talking about a couple of situations yep. that I saw this week. Uh, and the first matter I'm going to tell you about, John, uh, involved uh, a lady that had called me earlier this week. She had been uh, off work uh, for about six months because right. of a serious medical condition, very serious medical condition. Now, when she went off, she didn't have a disability plan through her workplace, so, so she was kind of on her own. Uh, she sent uh, her employer a detailed doctor's letter initially saying serious medical condition, uh, and uh, she's going to be off work until further notice. So six months, fast forward, and then uh, after six months, thankfully, she got much better, and she contacted her employer and said, I want to come back to work. Let me know what I can do. The employer then says, well, wait a second. You haven't been in touch with us for six months. We haven't heard uh, anything from you. Right. You had to stay in touch with us, and because you didn't, you effectively forfeited your job, so you don't have a job with us anymore. Now, I've said on the show before that an employee does have to stay in touch with their employer mm-hmm. while they're off uh, on disability. They can't just uh, you know, uh, disappear forever. But the employer also has an obligation to seek information. The employer can't sit on its hands and say, well, if we haven't heard from the employee, we're not going to reach out to them, uh, and then they forfeit their job. In this case, that employer had never contacted uh, this lady, never asked her for updates, nothing. Uh, so this is not a situation where they asked for information, she ignored them, and then she wanted to return back to work. So because this employer never, in fact, wanted to get information, never asked her for updated information, mm-hmm. never wanted a new a doctor's note, no, she did not forfeit her uh, employment. She gave a doctor's note saying she'd be off. When she was better, she contacted the company. So in this case, she was wrongfully dismissed, potentially human rights uh, violations, and wow. she's going to be owed a significant amount of uh, severance. So employers, again, remember that if you have an employee that's off work, it is your job as the employer to ask and to try to get updated information. You can't just assume that the employee is going to do that and then take a rep- or have there be repercussions against the employee if the employee doesn't do that. So very, very important. Yeah. And a lot of our listeners are in that situation. Now, let me tell you about another situation. I had, uh, I had dinner on Monday night with a good friend of mine. Uh, he uh, owns a business, and over his uh, life, he's owned a number of businesses. He's bought some businesses and then built them up and sold them. So his current business, uh, he has about nine employees. And we were chatting over dinner. He says he has an employee that's been with him for about 30 years. Wow. Uh, but he, it's not working out very well in the sense that he needs someone with, uh, with some different skills. So he's, gonna, he's looking at letting this person go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm you know, talking to him. I'm an employment lawyer, and I say to him, well, you, you realize it's going to cost you quite a bit of money to let this person go. Unless and you give him notice. Right. That's right. And, and he looks at me and says, yeah, I know. It's going to cost me eight weeks pay to let him go. <laughs> I got and news I, for you. And I look at him. <laughs> exactly. And I shake my head and I, I, I say, no, you know, you potentially have to pay this guy two years pay. Drop and he's looking at me. He, his, his jaw drops. And he says, but wait a second there. I've contacted the labor board about these things before. Mm-hmm. And I know eight weeks is a maximum. Now, here's what's interesting. This person's owned a bunch of businesses. He's let go a ton of people before, and he's a really good guy. Yeah. He's not someone that would try to get away with anything or, or yeah. hurt anyone. He's not shifty. He's no, just, not you know. at all. He, he literally believed, legitimately believed, that that's all he owes uh, a departing employee. And as our listeners hopefully now know, that's wrong. You owe someone a lot more than eight weeks. Uh, in this case, it's two years' pay. 
And it's just an indication that a lot of employers are, are, are innocent victims of misinformation as well. Yep. Uh, and, and again, good guy, owns a business, legitimate business, wants to treat his employees well, and was going to let someone go after 30 years with only eight weeks pay because he's done he stuff like that. He assumed it was the maximum. He assumed that's yep. all he's required to do. So maybe I'll throw him a bone, I'll give him another week, uh, week's pay or a yeah. couple of weeks pay. Yep. So, you know, please, you know, if you're listening to our show, spread the message, spread the word. There's no maximum of eight weeks. There's no rule of one week of severance for every year of service. None of that is true. None of that applies, okay? So please spread the word, and, you know, hopefully uh, employers get that word as well. Let's uh, comply with our legal obligations. You know, and, and the flip side of that one is all the people, it might not be dozens that these businesses that he's been through and let people go, they accepted it. They yeah, didn't exactly. Know they, and that's what's shocking to me because yeah. if someone did not, someone would have called them on it, he would have known better. But yeah. he's done it many, many times. No one knew any different. So think about all these employees, just for, for him and the small businesses right. that he's had that unfortunately walked away from thousands or tens of thousands of dollars yeah. that they were legitimately owed. We'll slide in a, a quick call before our first break. Got Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Hello. Hi. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Okay. So it, I I listen to your show a lot. And I, I'm just I'm Good. not clear. So I'm really not clear. So someone's retiring. They're going to shut the business. There's like two employees. It's like okay. As far as the labor board, as far as I understand, it's like you're entitled to a week's notice per year. So I don't understand. Is it like if you don't get your notice, so you get cash in lieu, or is it like combination? I don't understand the severance calculator. Um, like, how does one know? You're saying it's not this, it's not that, but what is it then? <laughs> well, and, and no, good question, Debbie. And, and these things can be confusing. So a person's entitlements when their job ends are based on three factors, okay? The length of their employment, their age, and the type of job that they have. The longer the person works, the older they are and the more senior a position, the more notice or severance they're, they're owed. Now, because of that, I can't tell you that it's three weeks for every year or two months for every year because every person is different based on those uh, factors. And that's what the severance calculator does. Once you input that information, it gives you the answer for you specifically. Now, let's assume that for you uh, or for the person that you're calling about, the answer, once we look at age, length of employment and position, is 12 months. What does that mean? That means that the employer can do one of two things. The employer can give 12 months notice. So I'm telling you today that in 12 months, you don't have a job. Or the employer can end the relationship today and give the employee t- a 12 months payment in lieu of notice. Or there can be a combination of the two. I'm going to give you four months notice and then pay you for eight months on the back end. Any combination of notice and severance that comes to 12 months. Now, 12 months is just an example. Uh, it could be uh, as much as 24 months, depending on the situation. But the message, Debbie, is it's not a week of severance or notice for a year of service or two weeks. It does depend on those factors. Uh, and the, the, because you, your age may be different than someone else's, you can't necessarily compare two cases. You Why does the government uh, office not say that? Exactly. And, 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 yeah. exact, and the good news is they're starting to change their ways because I've been uh, on them and, and for, for many, many years now to do it. They only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. So what the government tells you flat out is wrong, wrong, wrong. We'll say it until uh, we're blue in the face on this show for however long it takes. Exactly. Good. It's good we started with that this week about these, uh, these uh, you know, misinterpretations of the law for sure. More calls coming up. Lior outside is one 821 5900 More of the Employment Hour coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 
Throw the calls at us. Uh, Lior is here to answer any of them, so we'll get to that. You want to email as well, Lior, L-I-O-R, employmenthour.com. And outside of show hours, of course, it's one 821 5900 Got uh, Colleen. Hi, Colleen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good. You got a question for uh, Lior? Go ahead. I do, too. Okay. On uh, December the 9th, my employer had uh, approached me in regards to uh, changing my position from a permanent full-time to permanent part-time. Um, I asked him why, and basically he said that uh, he had to, to make some cuts and whatnot. Um, I had told him that I had more seniority over one of my other co-workers, and he came back and said that I was in a better position to have my hours cut rather than her because she has two kids in university, and I don't. I'm 60 years old, and I just want to know if he can do this, and if he can, um what are the, the requirements that, that he has to give me? Like how much notice? Right. Excellent question. So let me, let me answer that. Now, Colleen, first of all, I take it you are not part of a union. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So first of all, let me say that the employer does not have the legal ability to require you to do this. Okay. An employer cannot reduce you unilaterally from full-time to part-time. Now you can obviously choose to accept and that's your call. And then that's, you know, the law stays out of what you want to do. If you want to do it, fine. But if you say no and, you know, you want to work full-time and then you don't want to work part-time and the employer says, well, too bad, I'm, I'm still doing it, well, what does that mean? That means that at that point, you can, if you so choose, treat your employment as being at an end. This is what we refer to as a constructive dismissal and that the employer changed the terms of your employment fundamentally. That means you're allowed to leave and get your full severance. Now, uh, you're 60 years old, Colleen. How long have you worked there? Five years. And what is your job? What do you do? I'm customer service. Okay. So someone in your situation will be entitled to six to nine months of severance, okay? So mm-hmm. they can let you go, uh, or sorry, if you take the position that you've been constructively dismissed, you potentially are out between six to nine months of severance. The only exception may be if you signed a contract of employment or employment agreement that limits that. But subject to that, you would be owed that compensation. So if your employer insists on making you part-time, that is your option. Accept. Or say, well, no, I'm not going to accept. I'm going to leave and make you pay me my severance. Uh, does that make sense? It does. But one other question sure. that uh, that I have, what happens if I go back, because I have to let him know tomorrow. Yes. Um, if I go back to him and say, no, I am not prepared right. to go from you know a full-time position to a part-time position, and he says, well, then you're terminated. Well, then, can he do that? Well, he can, and then he has to pay you that severance. An okay. employer can terminate you with severance for any reason, pretty much, and at any time. So if he says you're terminated, then he owes you that severance that I mentioned. Yes, he can do that. Uh, he cannot say, well, that's cause for dismissal, so I'm going to let you go without any compensation. So for you, unless you signed an employment agreement that limits you, six to nine months of compensation is what he'd owe you if he did that tomorrow. Colleen, I'm going to give you a number, all right? It's one uh, 821 1-855-821-5900. You want to keep that uh, in your pocket for sure if uh, things come down tomorrow when you go to work, right? We got uh, Cindy having a line to you. Hi, Cindy. Hi there. Hi. Hi. I had a question. I I was uh, laid off last week, and I was told to have a release letter signed within a one week's time. Right. And is that considered uh, a termination? A, well, termination, or is that uh, basically the the scenario is that it's a conditional layoff? That if we win a contract, then you know the the work proceeds. Okay, but I understand. 
Well, first of all, the employer does not have a right to 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 stop or, or suspend employment, okay? So you certainly can treat that as a termination, and you cannot and should not sign any form of release unless you get the compensation that you're owed. So let's talk a bit about that, Cindy. How long have you worked there? I have worked there for seven years. Seven years, and, and what do you do? What's your job? Uh, it's more administrative. An administrative job, and how old are you approximately, Cindy? Under 40. Okay. Well, in your situation, you'd be looking at eight to nine months of severance. That's what you'd be owed. Uh, and and if the employer is paying you that, well, then that's okay. They would have complied with their obligation, and a release would be would be appropriate. Uh, less than that, not. Again, as I said to the previous caller, the only caveat would be if you signed an employment agreement that limits you. Uh, so so I wouldn't sign anything uh, unless you've received that. And what I propose instead is let me take a look at it. Uh, contact me off air. Send me that document. Let me review it and talk to you a bit more off air. And, and to the extent that you're not offered uh, uh, that severance that you're owed, I can easily help you get it uh, without any problem. one 855 We've got uh, time for one. We'll take, a, we'll take a quick break. Lots more, lots more. The Employment Hour coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Good day to uh, give us a call and ask your employment questions. We'll uh, bounce right over to uh, Glenda. Hi, Glenda. How are you? Good. Okay, you got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Yes, how does um, severance pay work for... Um, employees that were worked under contract. I started 2009 with continuous contracts every six months. Yes. And then April 2013, my employer presented me with a contract that I refused to sign, but I continued working there without a contract. Okay. Then I was let go May of 2014. Yes. And they just gave me four weeks severance. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, let me... Let and me t- I'm 60. And you're 60. Okay. So I can tell you that very easily, Glenda, that in the eyes of the law, you are a five-year employee, 2009 to 2014. You're an employee the same as every other employee, and whether you were on, on contract for some of that period of time or not, it's irrelevant completely. So the question then becomes... When the empl- your employer lets you go at the age of 60, uh, after five years of employment, uh, what, what were you owed? So uh, what kind of job? What were you doing, Glenda? I was a communication coordinator for a social service agency that dealt with victims of oh, crime. Right. And we know for a fact you were not under any agreement because you, you didn't sign one. So I can say without any hesitation, you, yeah, you'd be looking at in that six to nine month range of compensation. So you were given about four weeks, I think you said, six yes. to nine months. Uh, is what you're owed. Very simple. I've seen your case probably a hundred times in the last couple of years. Very, very common situation. And, and so that's, that's the bad news. The good news is it's easy to resolve. Give me a call off air. I can easily help you with this. Uh, and, and we can resolve this probably before Christmas uh, comes. Okay. Glendale, how many times did you sign a contract? Um, starting in 2009, yeah. every six months. At a point, doesn't it become no longer? It's, yeah. She's an employee after, yeah, probably about after three about times. Three or so, yeah. they would have been yeah. null. But even even if they were somehow valid, up until uh, oh, past uh, uh, April of 2013, it becomes irrelevant. So you're right. now a five-year employee, Glenda. Let's talk off air. Glenda, that number, one 855 one 855 You're going to say something else? Um, M- I was never paid for, I usually always worked every single statutory holiday. Right. 24 hours. Well, yeah, you, you may be on additional compensation, more yeah. of a reason for us to talk. Uh, yeah, any way you slice it, Glenda, there's a significant yeah. amount owed to you, and I really would like to talk to you off air. That was a very, very smart phone call she just made. Got uh, Rob here. Hi, Rob. How are you? 
Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? Good, pal. What's your question? Well, <clears throat> about almost three years ago, I got injured uh, at work. Uh, it was a uh, repetitive stress injuries. Um, I kept working, uh, waiting for medical uh, procedure, and then I had surgery a year later. Uh, originally, uh, WSIB approved my claim, and then when they saw the results of my MRI, they said, oh, no, no, there's too much damage here. There's no way this is work-related, mm. and they denied my claim. But my employer still maintained it was work-related. Um, I went off work in January of 2013 for surgery, and um, in March of this year, I got the okay to go back to work with restrictions, with permanent restrictions, because my shoulder is pretty well done. And uh, since then, my employer has made no effort whatsoever to bring me back to work. Uh, the insurance company in July said to me, well, listen, we know that you are never going back to work there because we've seen it with them many times before. This is, uh, this is common for them. And you're not going back to work there, so here's what we're going to do. We're on the hook for you till January anyway. We're going to just pay you what we owe you till January and then write you off our books, and, um, and then it's up to you to go and look for another job. Wow. Now, Rob, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, well, and so right after that, when I contacted my employer again and asked them about this, they said, oh, no, 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 we're doing everything we can. And then about a month later... I get called in to look at some, quote, jobs that they thought would fit my, my restrictions, which were absolutely 100% against my restrictions. And they just thought that because they said, well, this is a, probably all we're ever going to find for you. And I said, well, it's against my restrictions. I'm not doing it. Right? Now, Rob, how long have you worked for this company? Seven years. Okay. Uh, not union? Not union, no. Okay. So let me say this, uh, your employer has a very strict obligation to accommodate you, to accommodate your disabilities, to provide you with modified duties and modified work uh, to yeah. the extent at all possible. It's not up to them to decide if they want to. It's not up to them to, to give you a job that doesn't fit your restrictions. The only yeah. time that that obligation is exhausted is if, is if they've tried and there's just legitimately no possible way they can provide that accommodation. Now, uh, in your case, obviously, I don't know if they've gone through that exercise of analyzing the, uh, their ability to accommodate. I suspect that they probably have not, which means that if they refuse to accommodate, there's two things that happen. Number one, in the eyes of the law, that is a termination, which means they've refused to take you back and, and, and comply with their legal obligation. They've terminated the relationship. You're now owed severance, and after seven years, that's going to be significant. That's issue number one. Issue number two is the fact that by failing to accommodate or by failing to, to engage in the process to see if they can accommodate properly, uh, they, they likely have breached uh, the human rights code, uh, which yeah. is illegal, which may entitle you to additional compensation. So th those are two issues that you and I need to talk about. Uh, I, I want to see exactly what information you provided to them in terms of your restrictions. Uh, I want to see what uh, – I, I need to understand more about the nature of the mm -hmm. business to understand if they're in a position to accommodate. A bigger company, it's going to be easier for them to accommodate than if it's yep. a smaller company. And on that basis, I can tell you, uh, Rob, how I can help you. So I very much would like to talk to you off air, uh, and let's do that. Uh, Rob, a couple different ways. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This number as well. I've said it a few times this show. I'll say it again. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour continues. Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.
A lot of questions uh, this afternoon coming by. Great ones as well. You'll want to give us yours. We're waiting to, uh, to hear from you. In the meantime, I want to bounce over to some of this, my friend. It is, uh, you know, uh, under the banner of getting ready to be terminated. It's now the holidays. It's eggnog and Santa Claus and pink slips. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? Uh, you know, is this, uh, in your experience, is this, is this really still, uh, it's sad to say, a popular time for employees to let people go? Uh, you know, right now we're, we're, ending, we're getting into what I call the freeze period in the sense that not a lot of employers are going to be terminating employment uh, Thankfully, over the next few weeks up until the end of December, uh, you know, into the first week of December, we still see some terminations, not as much now. And usually employers simply think, and I agree with, you know, we we don't want to ruin people's holidays. We're not going to terminate employment. Uh, And a lot of employers uh, this time at the end of the year, their financial year is ending, are making decisions now Mm -hmm. with respect to next year in terms of who's going to stay, who's going to go, what do we need to do to save money. So we don't see uh, a lot of uh, terminations in December. But guess what the busiest month of the year is, John? January, February? Right yes, there you yeah. go. January, right. traditionally, for an employment lawyer such as myself, January is the busiest month. Most terminations uh, that did not happen in December, unfortunately, happen in January. So there's going to be a lot of people, unfortunately, that are listening to us right now that are going to get the very, very bad news uh, at the beginning of, of the year. Uh, you know, in the first month or two of the year, that the employers decided to make changes. And, and, and this is nothing to do with performance or, or misconduct. It's usually a, ba- a financial decision that the employer has to make. And a lot of, unfortunately, people are going to get that news in January. Okay, so people are going, oh, crap, I could be on the list. Is yeah. there anything they could do in preparation of? Well, Not that it's necessarily going to be them, but if it is. Right. And, and you know, sometimes people may have a sense, you know, uh, yeah. I, I may be let go. And, and really, I get a lot of calls, actually, saying, well, Lior, I haven't been let go. No one has even told me that I'm going to be let go, but I think... I think my I may spidey be. sense is telling me yeah, something's yeah. awry. And usually that spidey sense is not wrong. Yeah. But what can I do to prepare? Uh, first of all, I'll say this, that there's nothing actually to do in terms of uh, having the employer change their mind or avoiding not being in that position. If the employer is going to do it, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to change that. But what you can do and should do uh, is have all the information necessary and accessible to you that you will need if that happens. So what do I mean by that? Uh, first of all, co- have a copy of an employment agreement uh, that you may have signed. I'm, I'm always surprised how many people sign an employment agreement or a contract of employment when they start, and they don't keep a copy, uh, and they don't have it in their records. Uh, yes, Johnny, Johnny here is putting up his hand. If, uh, don't if you, yes, yeah. exactly. Never seen it. <laughs> no, so but but it's very important because that document is going to be one of the key documents we're going to look at uh, if you do lose your job. The other thing we're going to want to know is. Uh, f- uh, in- particulars with respect to compensation. So have uh, accessible last few T4s or pay slips or uh, any information with respect to bonuses that you've received. Uh, very, very important to have that. Uh, now, if you're concerned that the employer may, may let you go for performance reason, have accessible documents that speak to your performance, uh, performance reviews, uh, other financial mi- milestones that you have records for. Have those records available because once you're walked out of the building, it's going to be very hard to get a copy of it. So now is the time to contact the HR person, your boss, or, or otherwise, and, and get those records there, have them there, and hopefully you never need them. Hopefully you never have to make the call and say, Lior, I've been let go. But if you do have to make that call, you'll be very, very happy that you got that information. We'll bounce over to uh, Bob. Hello, Bob. Good afternoon. Hi. Good. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. I've worked at a place from 33 to 35 years right now. Started off as a laborer. Now I, I run production and everything like that. And I think my boss might be laid, try to lay me off this year. Now, I, I'm wondering, he owns two companies, and he's the type of guy that would uh, 
turn around and if he owed, I told him how much he owed me for severance pay, he would try to shut the one company now down and try to claim bankruptcy. And I'm just wondering, would they be able to somehow get it out of the other company or anything like that, or would I just get nothing? Yeah, I know. excellent question, uh, Bob. Thank you for, for calling. Now, uh, the law is very smart when it comes to these things. The law doesn't allow employers to avoid uh, their legal obligations by, by uh, you know, doing clever financial restructuring or corporate restructuring. So if the employer has two companies and it closes one down uh, solely for the purpose of not having to pay the employees what they're owed, the law is going to follow the money, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, be it to, to the, the owner directly personally or to other companies owned by the owner. So, no, it's not as simple, not at all. Uh, as for the employer to say, well, guess what? This company is going out of business. I'm just going to continue operating with this other company. So it's going to be very little that the employer can actually do to avoid paying you what uh, the employer has to pay you. And without even knowing much about what you're doing right now or your age, I can tell you that after 30-plus years, you probably would be looking at two years' pay is what this company would have to pay you if your job ends. So there's nothing you can do now, unfortunately, to, to avoid being in that situation or to be proactive about it. You have to continue doing your job the best you can, as you always have. Uh, get a copy of any of the documents I mentioned earlier, and if and when the time comes and he lays you off, he lets you go, call me right away, let's talk about that, and I'll make sure that ultimately he can't play these games and avoid paying you. Can I ask you just one more question? Sure. Is, um, about maybe six, seven years ago, something like that, um, he let me go, and I was gone for uh, uh, maybe six to eight months, and then they called me back because they couldn't do without me. Now, is that going to have a bearing on anything? Interesting question. Uh, if, if When you were let go, uh, when you came back, did you come back to the same job and the same salary that you had before? Exactly. And what about the vacation? Was it the same kind of vacation that you had before? Uh, yeah. So you, you weren't treated as a new employee? No, no. It was, uh, they begged me to come back, so I just Perfect. went back. Continued and on. Started, uh, yeah, yeah for, like so, I never left, right? So, yeah, so and th- th- those are the key words. So the law would treat your employment as being continuous in that sense for two reasons. Number one is in the span of 30-plus years to be gone for eight months. That's a very short period of time in comparison to 30 years. And the second reason from what you said to me because they've treated you not like a new employee, but like an existing and continued employee, uh, yeah, th- that gap should not change the analysis. You're still a 30-plus-year employee. Bob, this, this number is very important for you to keep, especially if you see something on the horizon being a 30-year guy. one 821 Keep that number on you always. We'll uh, return here with more phone calls. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Hello, Mo. How are you? How are you? All right. What's up? You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yes, I do. What happens if you don't have uh, an employment contract with your employer? That, that's actually probably that's good. That's probably one of the best things, certainly yeah. as it relates to termination, because what that means is you have the full protection of the law. There's no terms that limit what you may be getting. So I'm much, you know, if I'm acting for you as an individual, I'd much rather you have no written employment agreement than have one. So if you're, you get laid off, we look at uh, your length of employment, your age and your position, and that's going to give us an answer as to how much notice, how much severance, how much compensation you're owed. Uh, are you, have you been laid off, Mom? No, I haven't. I was just wondering. Yeah, so now, so now you know that's a good thing. So I don't want you or anyone uh, knocking on the employer's door and saying, hey, guess what? I really, really want to have a written employment agreement. Uh, a big one. <laughs> no, a big one with a lot of legalese. No, you yeah. don't want that. But on the flip side, by the way, for the employers listening to us, employers, if I'm talking to you, you should always have a written employment agreements yeah. uh, with your employees. 
Uh, so it really depends on your perspective. Yeah, I guess people figure, you know, with everything else, with you know, home insurance and all these policies, it's good to have everything written down in bullet point form, detail, detail, not no, with an employment and, and, you know, I, I've had a few times over the years someone uh, call me because they just got a job offer, and they're looking at it like a, a, a one-paragraph type of document that, you know, welcome aboard, your job is going to be a marketing uh, coordinator making uh, $85,000, and uh, you start Monday. And they're looking at that, and they're contacting me, and they're saying, well, you're, I'm worried. I mean, this is a serious job, and look, look, this only one paragraph. There's no, a lot of, there's no words here. You know, I expected a seven-page document. And that's when I tell them, don't worry about that. Worry, Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, worry if you get the seven-page document, yeah. because I can promise you in that seven-page document, there's going to be a ton of stuff that's bad for you, stuff that's not good for you. So if you're in the employee uh, be very happy if you don't have a detailed written employment agreement. Mm-hmm. That simply means the law intervenes and provides you maximum protection. We're talking earlier before a, a bunch of phone calls about, you know, early 2015 is often the time that the uh, the pink slips and the cardboard boxes in HR come out. People get walked out the door. Um, good indicators that you're about to be uh, terminated. Well, yeah. Scratching your number, your name <laughs> off the door. Right. That's right. Bill, who the hell's Bill? Bill. Yeah, no, uh, no that, that's, that's a very good indicator, actually, yeah, if your name's <laughs> taken off the door. But usually it's a bit more subtle than that, Johnny. Uh, so oftentimes will be if, you, if you know, future appointments that you have have been canceled or, or, or modified, uh, or if you see that you're, you know, you're not being uh, treated in the same friendly and warm manner by your boss, uh, if you uh, are, are being called into a meeting that's unexpected, uh, either first thing in the morning or late in the afternoon, uh, if you're no longer being involved in decision-making that you normally would be part of, mm. those are all uh, telltale signs that something uh, not, not very good is happening. Certainly, if you see your job posted on Workopolis, that's also a, a good sign. <laughs> no uh, so if you see one of those signs, if they apply to you, that's when you get prepared. That's when you get those documents uh, to, uh, for yourself that I talked about in the previous segment. And it doesn't help you if you're going to take a, a, a medical leave of absence to avoid that. You can't avoid, unfortunately, being let go if that happens. You just have to be prepared for it, and you have to know what your legal entitlements are. Make the call. Give me a call if that does happen. Take us inside that, uh, that termination meeting. Generally, what happens? Yeah, so usually in the termination meeting, there's going to be two people on behalf of the employer. Usually it's a direct supervisor and someone from HR or employee relations. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they're going to sit on one side of the table. And whenever you go to a meeting and you don't expect to have an HR person there, but there's, there is an ex- HR person there, that's a termination meeting. That's bad news. That's a kiss of death. So uh, it, it, in, in that meeting, it's going to be very brief, by the way. It's not going to be a meeting where a lot of discussions, where a lot of information is exchanged. Usually the employer is not even going to say why they're letting you go. They may simply say, we've made the decision, we're letting you go. And if you ask questions, they probably are not going to be answered. Remember, you don't necessarily have uh, the right as the employee to, for a detailed explanation as to why you were, you were let go as long as you're paid proper compensation. Your employer then is then going to hand you a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That outlines your severance offer, the severance package that the employer is willing to offer you. Uh, there's no point trying to read it or understand it on the spot. You're going to take that, uh, and, and then the employer is going to ask you to leave. Usually they're going to walk you out right away, and, and they'll deal with your belongings. After that, they'll send those to you. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very harsh way, perhaps, to deal with things, but that's what happens in most cases. And that's when you, you simply have to leave. It's going to, meeting's probably not going to be any more than five minutes. Uh, that 
that's when you go home. That's when you uh, unfold that piece of paper, read that severance offer, understand it, and give me a call. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not Friday at 5 that you have to have that back to the Right. Exactly. And if you look at that paper, it's going to have a deadline. And we've offered you this, but you have to accept by Friday at 5, Tuesday at 3, whatever. There's going to be some deadline. And you're going to feel a lot of pressure to, to accept it by that date. Uh, well, they're saying I have to and maybe bad things will happen if I don't. No. That deadline is irrelevant. You don't lose your entitlements if you don't accept them by that date. You have two years to pursue your entitlements. Mm. Give me a call. Let's make sure that you've been uh, provided what you're owed. Uh, and only if you are have, have provided what you're owed, that's when you can accept. Steve, how are you? Welcome to the show. You want to ask Leora a question? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, every year I have to re-sign an employee agreement because I'm in commission sales. Right. I was wondering if I have to do that. Uh, how long have you been there? How many years have, has that been happening? Six years. Six years. So uh, the, the answer is that really that, that agreement that you sign every year is not really relevant. It's now irrelevant simply because you're, you're a six-year employee. You're not a new employee every year. So uh, whether you sign it or you don't, your legal status does not change. Now, uh, you, you ask me what may happen if you don't sign. Well, your employer may decide to let you go in that situation, but that would be a termination without cause, which means they'd have to pay you severance on the basis that you've been there for six years. Uh, so to me, an agreement that you sign year after year after year that kind of just rolls over and just same thing, same old thing, I'm just putting my uh, name on the dotted line, it doesn't it, really it change does, your status. It does change the commission base. Okay. From year to year. So, so, that, so for that year, okay, if that's, that's the uh, practice that's been established, that the commission changes from year to year, then that, that, that is relevant to that point. It does not change the fact you're still a six-year employee, okay. and if the employment ends at one point uh, today or 10 years from now, your, your employment has been continuous uh, for that purpose. So the only thing that that agreement does is really establishes what your compensation is going to look like for the following year, and for that purpose, it's fine. We'll take a short break. Uh, we'll get to another phone call before we wrap up some business here for uh, another hour. Uh, to get a hold of, one 821 5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at com. More of the show coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. we got time here for a, a couple quick calls. Uh, Charles, how are you? I'm fine. How are okay, you? sir. Go ahead. I have uh, two questions. Mm-hmm. first question relates to... Uh, recently, uh, my employer called me to a meeting and told me that my shift had been changed effective the following Monday. I told them I wasn't interested in that. At that point, they more or less told me, okay, well, then we'll cover your shift for today, and I, I'm terminated, it would seem. Although with the report to EI, I uh, marked that quit. Uh, the other part relating to this is this company was bought by or rather bought my previous employer about a year and a half before this happened. Right. I went I went to the new company and uh, seamlessly uh, continued employment. I'm wondering, though, if my previous employer uh, has any obligations to me in regards to the transfer of the company. Okay. Now, now, Charles, how long have you worked total, including the time with the previous company? Uh, about 14 years. So here's the answer. When the new company took on your position a year and a half ago, they inherited that service. 
So you're now a 14-year employee, and what happened to you is a termination. It's not a resignation, it's a termination. So the company terminated a 14-year employee. They must absolutely have to pay severance. There's no questions, there's no options there. And that severance, depending on your age and the exact position, could be as much as 18 months, maybe even more, of compensation. So very, very important, Charles, that you give me a call off air. I'll help you with that. Uh, there's no, no way you can, uh, the employer can avoid paying you. It's quite simple. 1-855-821-5900, Charles. 1-855-821-5900. Getting under the wire here with Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hi, how are you? Uh, Go ahead. Good, I'm good. Thank you. I had a question. Um, okay, so a friend of mine was let go. She was working um, for this company for three and a half years, and she was uh, terminated in a very informal way, was not in the office, but they told her that she was no longer needed. Um, but uh, my question was, she was not provided, provided with any papers at that time. So what, what, she, what will be her, uh, your advice for her? Like, what, what she will have to call them and say, listen, I didn't get any papers. Uh, you terminated you, me. You don't need my, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. she, she, she was just basically... So, Laura, my, my advice is, is quite simple, actually. My advice is that she give me a call. Uh, I want to find out more about situation. She's definitely owed severance. Not much is going to be gained by her contacting her former employer. She needs to give me a call. I will find out more about her ma- matter, and if I need to, I can contact the employer on her behalf and make sure she gets that severance, make sure she gets that compensation. Okay, last minute or two, severance calculator. Love this. Give me some details. So, obviously, John, severancepaycalculator.com, a website we started a year and a half ago or just over a year go now uh, that outlines the amount of severance that people get. So severancepaycalculator.com, you go there, you input the length of your employment, your age, and the type of job. It's yep. a drop-down menu, and it tells you how many weeks or months you're owed, very much like I've done on the show already uh, a bunch of times today. Now, it's a great tool, and over 50,000 people have used it, and, and I've had people emailing me, thanking me, because that information is accessible. It's available. It doesn't cost anything, and it's information that up until we started the calculator a year ago, you'd have to pay a lawyer to get. Now, over the past few weeks, uh, some other lawyers uh, have taken to being very upset about this because they now can't charge a thousand dollars to give you that information. Free information now. Yeah, right. now that information is available for free. So some some have tried to lash out, even start their own website, telling people how this calculator is not very good. And all it is, it's being frustrated that well, we used to charge people a thousand dollars. Why can't I charge a thousand dollars anymore? Well, the reason you can't is because I've changed the game. I believe that people should have access to all this information. People should know what their entitlements are. Okay, this is not something that only the rich should know, and it's not only something that uh, the, you, you know people that can afford a thousand dollars for uh, for some lawyer. Uh, should get. Everyone should have that. I don't care if you're working part-time. I don't care if you're uh, uh, a young person, an old person making a lot of money or very little money. You should have that information. So I'm very proud of that. I'm not going to let anyone detract from what we've accomplished. Over 50,000 people can't be wrong. So go to severancepaycalculator.com. Check it out. Use it. Find out how much you're owed. 
Call me, email me anytime if you have any questions. We're very, very happy with it. Well, you know, Steve Jobs was criticized in the early days, too. Like, you're not going to be successful. We all know how that turned out. Yeah, so, see, he did yeah. okay, no? I, I think, think I think it was pretty revolutionary. Somehow, yeah. yeah, that is why you want to go to terminationquestions.com. Ask a, a slew of questions. Chances are it's been answered. You'll get your questions answered right away from Lior. And also severancepaycalculator.com. Check it out. It works. Get on it. It's information you'll want to have. And it is absolutely free. Our favorite four-letter word in this studio for sure. That's right. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.